The following broadcast is brought to you by the Congregation of People's Baptist Church of Folkestone, Georgia. You can find this broadcast on our website, www.pbcfolkestone.com. All right, thank you for joining us this morning. My name is Nathan Irie. I'm the pastor of People's Baptist Church, and I want to preach to you this morning from Galatians chapter 1. I'm going to start reading in Galatians chapter 1, verse 1. The Bible says, Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ, and God the Father who raised him from the dead, and all the brethren which are with me unto the churches of Galatia, grace be to you in peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. So let me start out by saying this morning, last week in the last broadcast, we went through the process of trying to define what the gospel was. And we took you to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and showed you that the gospel of Jesus Christ, the, the gospel of the grace of God, is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That is what the gospel is. Romans chapter 1, verse 16, Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So in order for a man to be saved, he has to trust what Jesus Christ did for him at Calvary. He has to believe, like it says right there in Romans chapter 1, verse 16. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It also says in Romans chapter 10, it says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Saved. So the thing that a man has to do is he has to believe that Jesus Christ died for his sins, was buried and rose again, and he has to trust what Jesus Christ did at Calvary. That is where salvation's at. There's no works. There's no baptism. There are no sacraments. There's nothing that a man can do that can save him. You can help little old ladies across the street. You can feed the poor. You can get involved with all kinds of social causes. But none of that is going to atone for your sin. The only thing that's going to atone for your sin is what Jesus Christ did for you at Calvary. And you have to accept the payment that God made for you in Jesus Christ. Now this morning, what I want to simply point out to you, what I'd like to talk to you about this morning, is the fact that the Bible says here in the book of Galatians that there is another gospel there is another gospel. And that shouldn't be too surprising to you because I mentioned to you last week in the course of our study that in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, the Bible said in verse 4, In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. And so a lot of people have this idea that uh, of course, that verse is talking about Satan. It's talking about the devil when he says the God of this world. A lot of people have this idea about the devil that it's good and evil working against each other and it's 
it's the bad working against the good, but really when you begin to study the work of the devil and when you begin to look at how the devil operates, the devil operates more by emulation than he does anything. The Bible said in the book of Isaiah that the devil said in his heart that he wanted to ascend into the heavens. He wanted to take his throne and set it above the throne of God. In other words, what he wanted to do essentially was he wanted to be God. He wanted to be like God. It's just he didn't want to have any authority over him. He wanted to be in that supreme place. And so when you begin to study the work of the devil, when you begin to study how he operates, and the Bible says that we're not ignorant of his devices. It says if we're not ignorant of his devices, then there's an ability for us to know how he operates. And so the way that the devil is going to operate most likely is not by coming out and flatly contradicting the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. What he's going to do is he's going to slip in another gospel. Isn't that kind of interesting? And that shouldn't be a surprise because Paul himself said in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, he said, he talks about a group of peoples. He said, for such are false apostles. Well, see, if there's real apostles, and there, there are, there were, there was 12 of them. If there's real apostles, then there's false apostles. He said, for such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And he goes on to say, and no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it's no great thing if his ministers also be transformed, watch it, as the ministers of righteousness. See, people think that, you know, in order for you to be associated with the devil, you have to be, you have to be involved with some kind of evil doing. You have to be involved with some kind of wickedness, some line of evil. But that's not always the case. A lot of times when you spot the devil, you'll spot the devil operating under the guise of something good. The Bible said in Revelation chapter 2, I believe it was, speaking to the church at Ephesus. Jesus Christ was speaking to the church at Ephesus through the pen of John. And he said, he said, I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them which say they are robbers. No, that's not what it says. And thou hast tried them which say they are adulterers. No, that's not what it says. It says thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not. They say they're apostles, but they ain't. And he said, you've, you, you've tried them which say they're apostles, they're not, and has found them liars. Jesus Christ, through the pen of John, he said, there are people that proclaim that they're ministers of righteousness. There are people that proclaim that they're ministers of God, and they're not. They're liars. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs, which is an interesting verse, the Bible says if a man boasts himself of a false gift, he says he's got a gift when he, when he doesn't. If a man boasts himself of a false gift, the Bible says he's like clouds and wind without rain. Well, there's a lot of, a lot of people out that begin to profess themselves of some kind of gift. They begin to profess themselves of some kind of whatever it might be, some kind of ministerial help. 
And then the Bible just says you're supposed to try those people and figure out whether or not they're liars. Now, if that makes you mad, that's really interesting because the thing is is that I really haven't pointed my finger out at nobody and said who's liars yet. And that's not really what I'm trying to do in this broadcast, but all I'm trying to point out to you is that everybody that says that they're God called and God sent is not always God called and God sent. And if you need scriptural evidence of that, a, a very good scriptural example of that, all you need to do is open your Bible. Open your Bible. Open your Bible, which I realize is something that most Americans and most ministers don't even do these days. But you need to open your Bible and look in the book of Jeremiah. God's biggest complaint in the book of Jeremiah is that these prophets, these false prophets were standing up and saying, Thus saith the Lord, when God didn't say anything, these fellows were standing up and proclaiming peace to a people that were living in idolatry and living in fornication, and they were living in open rebellion to God's principles and precepts, and they were saying, Nebuchadnezzar's not coming down here to take us into captivity. And God said, God told Jeremiah to tell those people, Oh, yes, he is. Nebuchadnezzar is sure coming in. Judgment sure is on the way. But everybody wanted to keep their head in the sand and just ignore the warning that came. Well, really what I'm trying to get you to see this morning is the fact that there is another gospel. There is another gospel. And it's very easy, if you're not careful, it's very easy to be getting to get taken up with that. You say, well, how is it that I can spot this gospel? Well, how is it that I can spot this false gospel, I should say, rather? Well, let me, the best way, the best way for you to spot a counterfeit is to be so familiar with the actual, to be so familiar with the genuine article that when the counterfeit shows up, you have no problem distinguishing between the two. So let's look here in Galatians chapter 1 and see if we can draw out some principles that will distinguish the real from the false. Look right here in Galatians 1 verse 3. The Bible says, Grace be to you and peace from God the Father and from the, our Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father. So the first thing that you notice about the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, about what Jesus Christ did for us at Calvary, is that he gave himself for our sins. Jesus Christ gave himself for our sins. And that is what the real issue is. The real issue is not bad circumstances. The real issue is not low income. The real issue is that you're a sinner and all of your problems come from the fact that you are a sinner. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 1 verse 21, talking about Mary, she's, the Bible said, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. You know what Jesus Christ came to do? Now, Jesus came, when he came, he did a lot of things. He healed the sick. He made the blinded eyes to see. He made deaf people to hear. He made lame people to walk. But when Jesus Christ came, he came for a sole purpose. And that purpose was that he might save people from their sins, particularly his people from their sins. So when Jesus Christ showed up, 
His purpose was not to feed the poor, although there's not anything wrong with that. His purpose was not necessarily to make everybody have better circumstances, although if you can do that, help yourself. There's not anything wrong with that. You just need to understand that that's not why Jesus came. And if you're using that as the foundation of saying, well, Jesus did this, so if I'll do that, then that must mean that I'm on my way to heaven. You're just wrong. You're, you're not thinking about things correctly because that's not why Christ came. Christ came to go to Calvary. He came to die a cruel death at the hands of wicked men that hated him because of his righteous life which he lived. And he died that death as a substitutionary payment for your sins. He shall save his people from their sins. Again, the Bible says, Galatians chapter 1, verse 4, who gave himself for our sins. Now, continuing on in that same verse, the Bible said that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father. Now, the Christian's responsibility in this world is to be a light. The Bible said in Matthew chapter 5, he said, you're supposed to be the salt of the earth, and salt is supposed to have a sting to it. He said, you're supposed to be the light of the world. Light is supposed to put, obviously, light in dark places. He said, you don't take a light. He said, you don't take a candle and put it under a bushel. He said, uh, uh, a light that's set on a hill cannot be hid. It's not, but, that, but, the, but the life of a Christian is not one of trying to change the world or make the world a better place, quote, unquote. Jesus Christ came, and when he came, he gave himself that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father. The, the responsibility of a Christian is to be called out of this world. It's not to be part of it. The Bible says in verse 11 here in Galatians chapter 1, verse 11, Paul speaking about this gospel, he said, But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. See, when, when, the, when Paul received this revelation of the gospel of the grace of God, Paul had no mistake and he had no misunderstanding about what the gospel was. And this gospel is something that is not after man, which is what you find the breakdown with the current gospel is, with the gospel that's currently being preached all over the world right now. It's really a gospel that is more geared towards men. It's a gospel that's geared towards helping man. It's a gospel that's geared toward, toward uh, bailing man out of his certain problems, whatever situation that he's in. And you say, well, what in the world, preacher? Who could speak against bailing people out of their problems? Who could speak against helping people? Well, the thing is, is that Let's say that you get in debt. Let's say that you get into a mess because you owe somebody $500 because you've got a wicked lifestyle that you're trying to keep up. Well, if I come along and give you $500, that's not going to fix the problem. That will bail you out of your current situation that you're in. But if your heart doesn't change, if your heart doesn't get right with God, if you don't make things right with your maker, by what Jesus Christ did for you at Calvary. If you don't get regenerated, if you don't get born again into the family of God, 
It doesn't matter how much money I give you, you'll blow right through that. You'll waste every dime that's ever been given to you, and you'll go right back to the hog pen right where you came from. The Bible says that the dog returns to his vomit. The Bible said that the sow returns. That's, that's a female hog, by the way. The sow, for some of you folks that live in the city and may not know what that is, the sow returns to her wallering in the mire. That's what God likens sinners to. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's, that's how we all are. That's how every single man, woman, boy, and girl under the sound of my voice who hasn't trusted Christ, that's how the Lord looks at you. And so men can try to bring along their works of reformation. They can try to bring along whatever it is that they're trying to do to bail man out of his current situation. But my soul, friend, if you don't get right with God, if you don't trust Jesus Christ, it's not going to be very long before you head right back to the old slop that you've always been wallowing in. Some of you got a problem with adultery. Some of you've got a problem with fornication. And you think that somebody, you think that maybe getting married is going to take care of that thing. I got news for you, honey. The only thing that's going to take care of that is you get saved. You get washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. That's the only thing that's going to take care of it. Some of you got a problem with addiction. You've got a problem with taking drugs, messing around with marijuana or cocaine or heroin. Some of you are addicted to pain pills. The only way that you're going to get deliverance from that is by getting hooked up with the one that can break those chains of bondage. That's the only way that you're going to get deliverance from that stuff. And I'm telling you, I'm not telling you that it'd be wrong for you to go to a rehab center. I'm not telling you that it'd be wrong for you to try to get all of that stuff ironed out by some uh, fleshly program, by some carnal program, some physical program that you could go through. All of those things may have their place, but I'm telling you, you're not going to have any long-lasting satisfaction. You're not going to have any peace in your heart. You're not going to get that stuff ironed out until you get... Uh, in touch with the one who knows how it is that you've been made, who knows how it is that you've been wired up. You're going to have to get in touch with the Lord. You're going to have to get in touch with God through his son, Jesus Christ, because he's the only one that can break those chains. He's the only one that can give you any bit of deliverance. And so you, you, it's, not, it's not a gospel that's after man. It's not a gospel that's after man. We live in a day and age to where the gospel is heavily leaning. Men are trying to make, I should say, it's not that the gospel actually leans this way, but it's that false preachers and false ministers are trying to make the gospel more about social issues and social causes when that is not what the gospel has anything to do with. I will not argue with you the fact that if a man gets his heart right with God, social issues will come out of that. In other words, if a man gets his heart right with God, he's not only going to take care of his own family, he's not going to take care of his own needs, he's going to begin to take care of the needs of other people because there's something different inside. There's a new heart. But that is not what the gospel is about. The gospel addresses a, a fundamental issue of something that's wrong in the heart of man. And there is something in the heart of man that resents that message. Man resents being told that he's wrong. Man resents being told that there's something wrong with him. But there is. There is. The, the gospel that 
the Bible clearly lays out in the scripture, the gospel that we preach as ministers of the grace of God, the gospel that we preach is not something that uh, it goes in congruence with the world. It's not something that runs parallel to social causes. It is something that goes, it cuts crossways to the grain of the way that a man thinks. It cuts across the way that a man feels. It cuts crossways to the lust of his flesh and to what he'd like to do and having his own lust fulfilled. The Bible says in the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 2, it said, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past, He's talking to saved people now. He said, before you were saved, he said, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. See, that's what the gospel's about. The gospel is about getting people to understand the, the, the bad situation that they're in with the Lord. Not talking about how poor you are or how rich you might be. Not talking about how sick you might be. Not talking about what kind of uh, whatever, uh, other social problems you might have. The gospel is an issue that relates to you and the Lord. The Bible says here in, back in Galatians chapter 1, Paul said, I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another. He said, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. You say, yeah, but I've, I've got this gospel that, that's been preached to me. There was a very great minister that preached this gospel to me. There was, I saw a vision and, and God dealt with me about this thing. God sent an angel my way to deal with me about this gospel. Well, look, all you need to do is look in the next verse. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 1, verse 8, But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. Boy, that's strong language. That's very strong language. And that's not coming from my mouth. That's coming from the mouth of the Apostle Paul under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. People put a lot of confidence in their spiritual experience, but for some reason they put very little in what God's already written in his book. It, it's amazing to me. It's amazing to me. Uh, somebody can write a book along the lines of, I died for five minutes and went to heaven, or I died for 15 minutes and went to, went to hell. And that book will sell left and right, and people will scarf that stuff up, and yet you can't get even professing Christians, you can't get even professing Christians to pick up a Bible and read it and see what God said. You say, well, I saw this and I had an angel tell me that. The Bible said, but though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. First Peter chapter 1, verse 10, it said, of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ which was in them did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory with, that should follow. 
unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves, but unto us, they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent, sent down from heaven, which things the angels desire to look into. Let me ask you something. If the angels desire to look into it, then what in the world is an angel going to teach you about the gospel? Don't you think that's a, that's a good question? All these people, all, all these folks are hollering about having some spiritual experience with angels. All these folks are hollering about having some superstitious, some supernatural experience. But the Bible says that this gospel that we have access to, it's something that the angels desire to look into. But I'll tell you something else that I find right here in Galatians chapter 1. When you get down here towards the end, towards the, to middle, the middle and the latter part of the book of Galatians, you look here in Galatians chapter 1, and he says in verse 11, he says, I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. He said, For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it by the revelation of Jesus Christ. And verse 13, he says, For ye have heard of my conversation in time past. He's not talking about what he said in time past. He's talking about the way that he lived. That conversation in your Bible, when you see that word in modern day language, that means what you say with your mouth. In conversation, that had more to deal with the way that you lived, with the way that you walked. There's a particular brand of shoes called Converse conversation. Hopefully you can see the connection there. But he said, you've heard of my conversation in time past in the Jews' religion, how that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and wasted it. And what Paul does is he goes on down and he gives a testimony of how Jesus Christ saved his soul while he was on the road to Damascus going to persecute Christians and how God entirely changed his life and turned his whole world around, turned his world upside down and changed him made him go 180 degrees from the from the direction that he was going. Things, what he's telling you in, in the middle to the end of Galatians chapter 1 is that things are not the way that they used to be. Now, I'm going to tell you something. If you're listening to the sound of my voice this morning, you listen here and you listen here real close. I have no confidence in this gospel that people are professing to believe that will not produce a change anywhere in their life. I'm talking about this, this crazy gospel that people are going down to an altar somewhere in an ecumenical church and professing to believe, and they're getting up off their knees, and they're going right back to the same old hog slop that they've always lived in. They're getting up off the altar and heading right back to the privacy of their own living room and watching the same two people fornicate in the back seat of a Chevrolet the same way that they watched it before they made a profession of faith, I have no confidence. I have zero confidence in that kind of profession of faith because that's not the profession of faith that's laid out in the scriptures. That's not the kind of profession of faith that Paul made. That's not the kind of salvation that my forefathers had. That's not the kind of salvation that any of the men that were around during the Great Awakening had. That is not real salvation. That's an imposter. That's, that is a facade. That is a front. That's somebody looking for deliverance from their current situations while they're not trying to get deliverance from the thing that's causing the bad situation. 
I'm telling you, I'm not sure what, what kind of salvation it is that you got in touch with, but my friend, if there hasn't been a change, if there has not been a change, I look at your salvation with some very, very heavy uh, suspicion. I look at your salvation with some very large skepticism. You can look at whatever situation you might want to look at. You can look at my preaching. You could look at my church and say, well, I don't really think that that guy's legitimate. But I'm telling you upon the authority of God's word, when God moves into a man through the person of the Holy Ghost, it's going to be very, very difficult for that not to pop out somewhere. Listen, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about people that genuinely get saved and continue to struggle with this particular sin or that particular sin. I understand that there's a lot of folks that get saved and they have taught their flesh to like things. They have taught their flesh to enjoy particular things. That's what being a disciple of Jesus Christ is all about. You're going to have to learn to discipline yourself now that you're saved. But I'm talking about this thing of to where you go down to an altar or you make a profession of faith and nothing about your life has changed. Your tastes haven't changed. Your preferences haven't changed. Your way of thinking has not changed. My friend, that is not salvation. That's another gospel. That's another gospel. You say, how am I going to take care of that? How am I going to get that remedied? You better bow your heart this morning. Right where it is, right where you sit, you better bow your heart this morning and you better call out unto God. You, the Bible says in the book of Acts that what the message that we preach is repentance. It's repentance. It's repentance toward God and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the message that we preach. You better repent of your sin and you better trust Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. That's, that's the gospel that we're dealing with. And so I hope you understand what the gospel is. I hope you understand that there is another gospel. I hope you understand that you can, it's very easy. It's very easy for you to be misled. You better watch out. You better look, at, look to the book. Look to the scriptures that God gave us. God bless you and have a great day. This broadcast was brought to you by People's Baptist Church of Folkestone, Georgia. This broadcast and information for the church may be found on our website, www.pbcfolkston.com.